This is the Abrazo's Lounge Podcast, your source for everything iRacing, including race reviews, driver interviews, opinions, discussions, and much more. Here's your host, Mike Ellis. Welcome to the iRacer's Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacer's Lounge is the podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chewy Side 55, Carlos Fonseca, Brad Miller, Kyle Fleischman, Lance Gentles, Dave Smith, and special guest, Michael Kearns. Hey, guys. Good evening. Well, thanks for joining us, uh, Mike Kearns. Uh, let's start off with learning a little bit about you. Uh, when did you start on iRacing and how did you hear about it? Well, I think uh, like a lot of people started uh, early on, probably about 2009. I think it was already public at that point and uh, pretty much just found it as a web search, you know, looking for what was going on with uh, simulators and get racing games and that kind of thing. And it just kind of came up and I was like, oh, that looks kind of familiar. Uh, I've been running this since, you know, NASCAR one back, uh, back in the late 90s, ran Hawaii and stuff. Uh, so it was kind of an easy transition to, you know, start it up and go with it. Nice. So you've been around a long time. Uh, how often do you race these days? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, usually like once or twice a week or something like that on a normal week, depending if I'm traveling or not. Uh, lately been a little more uh, gearing up for the World Cup and doing a lot more practicing and testing setups and stuff. But usually, you know, once or twice a week, something like that. Cool. So which uh, series do you normally run then? I really don't focus on a series. Uh, usually, if I'm, you know, it's a Friday or Saturday night or something, I'll just do a couple of pickup races, um, you know, like a C fixed or B fixed or something like that. If I have a setup, you know, we'll run with that. But uh, yeah, just kind of play around, have fun with friends, kind of a thing. Nice, nice. Um, okay, so what kind of uh, setup do you have as far as wheels and pedals and how many monitors? Uh, I'm running uh, three monitors. I have a Thrustmaster TX wheel uh, with some ECCI pedals. Uh, just recently picked up uh, a Butto Revolution um, rig. Just getting used to that. And I also picked up a uh, new uh, shifter, the uh, Thrustmaster shifter. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty fun. Nice. So what are you doing for the triple monitor mount? I just actually went with the Abutto one. It seemed, uh, I think I got the updated arms with the, I guess the new piece that's in there and then seems to hold up nice and straight. So, Okay. I have the same cockpit, the Abutto Revolution and the the triple monitor mount from Abutto, but I'm not real happy with the triple monitor mount. It's pretty uh, flimsy, but maybe you have an updated version. Yeah, it's a little, I mean, I knock into it every once in a while, and I think that right now the whole thing's like sitting sideways, but I keep straightening the monitors out, so eventually I have to realign the whole thing, but, you know, for the most part, when I'm sitting in the cockpit, I don't notice it. Yeah, if you don't touch it, once you get it right, it, it's okay, but uh, if somebody comes by, uh, bumps it or something, yeah, it kind of moves. My solution to that was to drill a couple of holes in the back of the legs and uh, screw them to the floor, but uh, that's not an option for everyone. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I actually, mine were kind of front heavy and I always felt like it was going to fall towards me, you know, because of that. And I actually was thinking of, I, at one point I had sandbags on the back of the legs trying to hold them down. All right, cool. Uh, do you use third-party software at all um, 
TeamSpeak or dashboards or that kind of thing? Uh, yeah, I mean, I use uh, the DashMeter Pro software. Um, started using that uh, mostly for super speedway racing at the time to monitor the temperatures, uh, but I've also found it really useful um, for fuel mileage uh, calculations and such. Um, and I also use uh, the Jimmy Johnson spotter pack, uh, trading paints, and of course, TeamSpeak. Nice. Um, okay, cool. And are you part of a team at all, or...? Uh, not really. Basically, just the the New York club. I mean, I have a couple of buddies that uh, we run with every once in a while. We always try to get into the same race, that kind of thing. But no real like team affiliation. So tell us about the New York club. Uh, it looks like you're involved with their Facebook group. Yeah. So what we uh, did is, uh, uh, well, back in the day, iRacing used to run the uh, the World Cup and you know uh, host everything and do all the management of it. Uh, they since changed that. I think it was about maybe I don't know about four years ago, something like that, uh, where we kind of had the the public kind of take the realm and kind of do all the management. Um, so being from New York, and I guess they were looking for someone to help out with that. They contacted me, and we we're just trying to get the word out. And part of it is like getting the social media aspect out of it, um, and you know, putting up a Facebook page and just get everyone involved and try to get people excited and actually run it. Um, it's been real successful this year. I think we're almost uh, almost at 700 uh, registered uh, racers from all around the world. So it's it's uh, getting pretty uh, pretty popular. It looks. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about the World Cup and and uh, what you know about it and your vo- involvement with that. I know it's coming up here soon. Yeah. So it's going to start. Um, I think the first race is the 21st. I think it's when it starts uh, this month, and really, it's a it's kind of like a worldwide competition. I almost think of it as kind of an Olympics, uh, where all the clubs around the world uh, go against each other, um, and it goes from a, like a qualifying round to a, a down to a group round of sixteen, and then finally final round of uh, four clubs uh, going for the title. Okay, and. Uh... I recall in my past experience with the World Cup in previous years, you don't hear a lot about it. There wasn't a lot of promotion for it. But then, like, all if you looked and hosted, you would see all of a sudden all these sessions uh, pop up from a guy named Mike Olette. Uh And tell us some more about what Mike does and, and how you help and are involved with that. Yeah, well, Mike's kind of the, I guess the, I want to say, I guess the head manager of the the whole thing. He's the one who really took the helm from iRacing um, and kind of started the management of it and building this whole thing back up. Um, so he has, uh, he's basically at the top there. There is an iRacing committee of about four or five guys that uh, help with all the different um, events that go on. And basically they just come up with a kind of a schedule of how it's going to happen and Really, Mike and his team are the ones who do, I mean, pretty much all the legwork. They really, you know, work their butt off getting all the schedules going and getting all the clubs involved. And so he def- definitely does a lot. Um, and what's different about some of the other events that iRacing runs is that because, you know, uh, Mike is kind of running the thing, it's not really run by iRacing. Um, they don't run it like a normal event where you'd see it in the, as official race in a drop down. So what they do is they actually run it in hosted. So it's actually a, a tournament. Uh, under the hosted tab. Cool. And I mentioned Mike Olette because uh, we, he is scheduled to be on the podcast next week. So we'll get some more information from him at that time. So tell me, Mike, if you know the drivers out there want to get involved in the World Cup, 
Uh, how do they do that? Do they need to sign up ahead of time, or can they just show up on the 21st and join one of those hosted? Uh, well, pretty much depending on the event they want to run, uh, they can just show up. The The main, uh, what's also different this year is they, they've combined all the different events uh, and really compressed it into like a, a one-month period. Um, so there's a lot of different events. Um, uh, so the actual World Cup, the World Cup qualifiers, you do not need to pre-register for. Um, and so you can join pretty much right on the spot. And the, the World Cup qualifiers actually start on the 29th. Uh, it's a series of six races. Um, you can join any of the races that you want. You can run all of them if you want. And basically your best uh, score counts. Um, and the one thing is um, you can't hurt your team by joining. If you, if you start, even if you just start and park, you're still gaining points for the, your, your club. Um, so it, it, you, you can only help. You could never hurt the club by uh, running in the uh, qualifiers. Yeah, and I encourage everybody, because it is in the hosted section, uh, there's no SR, there's no IR. Uh, so, you know, there's no, you're not going to harm your account or anything if you go in there and mess up. And like you said, it only helps your club. Now, let's talk about clubs a little bit. I'm in Club West, uh, and then they have Club New York and there's and so forth. And so for, for newer drivers who don't really understand that, what happens is I, when you uh, sign up for iRacing, you are assigned a club based on where you're located. And uh, and so that's how it's kind of segregated into groups by your physical location. Right, exactly. And what the way uh, the World Cup used to work in the past is they used, used to get club points as you ran official races. And that used to be the way you qualified for the World Cup. Uh, so you were encouraged to go into official races as much as you could. Um, and for your region, uh, you, uh, or your division, I think it was back in the day, um, you would want to, you'd have to be on the top of your division to qualify for the world cup at the end of the year, kind of a thing. Um, but now again, they've taken that out of it. So now it's more of, you actually have to race, uh, your way into it via qualifiers. Right. Now, do you find that more club, that some clubs are more involved than others in, in, as far as the world cup goes? I know in my club at club West, uh, there's probably there's some involvement, but I don't see a lot of promotion or, uh, you know, at, you know, any admins trying to get us to sign up and that kind of thing. Uh, there's not a lot of talk about it, at least in our club. Right. And that was, uh, I mean, I think a lot of clubs had the same issue. Um, even, you know, New York, you know, coming into the past couple of years, um, uh, there was really what happened was when iRacing kind of dropped uh, their involvement, um, they kind of dropped all promotion too. So it was really up to someone to step up and really hammer out and get in social media, get it in the forums. Um, so that's what, again, Mike has really been trying to push uh, is that real promotion. Um, and this year, um, thankfully, iRacing is actually starting to do some promotions. You'll see on the home screen, uh, sometimes you'll see uh, an advertisement uh, on one of the sides of the screen about the World Cup. And that's been helping a lot because, I mean, we have almost, I think, almost 700 uh, signups to date, which is, uh, that's huge compared to past years. Yeah, I'm looking at the iRacing website right now, and on the right side is a big banner for it, uh, the World Cup uh, with a link for more information. So uh, it's, at least iRacing's helping a little bit there. Yeah, they're, um, they're doing a lot. I think there's a few more that they're going to be putting up. Um, I know Mike's been working. Or he'll probably let you know uh, next week or what, what exactly they're doing. But I think there's a lot of uh, marketing and advertising that's going to go on for this. Right. And uh, looking at the, the website, 
that they have up here. It's actually in the forums. Uh, um, um, but they have a lot of different events going on. They got the Armageddon, they call it, Demo Derby at Lanier Street Stock. Yes, that's right, a demolition derby with teams. Uh, that looks like fun. Yeah, that looks uh, that's really interesting. That looks like it's going to be a whole lot of fun. It's kind of like, uh, you know, like your local short track race with a bunch of guys, the cars they pulled out of junkyard just running around. And, uh, you know, the team who can, you know, survive wins, that kind of thing. Uh, so that seems like a lot of fun. Absolutely. So uh, the other tracks they have listed here is Le Mans, GT1. Uh, they have Talladega, Cara Tomorrow, Gen 5. And Nurburgring with the MX-5. Yeah, those are all uh, what they call, uh, I guess, supplementary events or fun events. Um, so again, the Armageddon, which is, again, that kind of demo derby thing. Uh, the Intimidator, which is Talladega. So you basically, you're, you know, basically running a super speedway for the whole series. So that's all that is. Um, and then you have kind of like a fast lap thing with the Ring of Fire. Um, the one interesting event that they're having is the World Enduro, uh, which is actually the, it's going to take place on the 22nd. And that's a 24 hours of Le Mans kind of thing. Um, so that's a, you know, that's a real interesting event. Now, is that... A separate event from the actual Le Mans 24 hour, or is it, are we talking about the same thing? Uh, it's actually a separate event. Um, so, what we did is it, we had actually planned this out uh, probably a good month or so before we even heard about iRacing doing it. Um, so, when they, uh, it turned out it was going to be on the same day. So, we moved that up a week. Uh, so, it's going to be a week before the iRacing version. Which is great because that's a great warm up for some of these teams that, you know, maybe. Go do it as a warm up for the for the next event the week later. Yeah, absolutely. I know. Uh, I know. I'm doing some testing now, and I'm a little worried about it, you know engine temperature and that kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, for someone who wants to run the official uh, uh, iRacing one, this would be a great warm up. Right. And then uh, let's talk a little bit about the main events. Uh, qualifying uh, is Charlotte and Watkins Glen, Gen Six and Corvette. And then uh, the the group stage is Atlanta and Imola, same cars. And then the finals are Indianapolis and Spa Frankenstein. Yep. Yeah. So what they wanted to do is keep the the same cars, but change the tracks around a little bit. Uh, the one big difference with the the qualifying round is that the setups are fixed, um, and that's really designed to get people who, you know would want to run it, but maybe feel intimidated by going into a race where everyone has like these super setups. Um, so it's a fixed setup. So they know they're kind of at the same mechanical level as everyone else. And it maybe, you know, get them involved and get the bug um, and get them racing in the future events. Right. And then, so the future events are open set. So if you're running oval, it's the gen six car, you, you qualify at Charlotte and then move on to Atlanta and then Indianapolis for the final. And if you're on the roadside, uh, it's the Corvette at Watkins Glen, and then Imola, and then Spa. Yep. Yeah. So that's uh, yeah. So pretty much uh, for the qualifying, uh, the top sixteen clubs and points move on to the group stage. Uh, then from the group stage, uh, the top four make it to the finals. Right. So qualifying is uh, an opening ceremonies the twenty first of October, and it looks like the final events finish up on November twelfth. So it does spread out over a couple of weeks here. Yeah, it's actually, uh, I think it's a week apart. The The opening ceremonies are on the 21st 
Uh, it's a Friday. Um, the first round, the qualifying round, is actually on the 29th. So it's a week later. Nice. Well, uh, glad to have you on and talk a little bit more about this. We can educate the listeners and, and hopefully get them involved. And uh, I certainly look like I want to participate a little bit, at least on the oval side. Looks like fun. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. And once you get into it, um, you know, it's it's kind of like the old days with the club thing where you're, you're looking for that New Yorker or that the guy in the West Club and you, you want to help him out. Not everyone's a competitor at that point. So it's kind of fun. Nice. Well, right, I'll well, be there to represent New York. All right, Dave. I'll be there to represent the West, I hope, and hopefully I won't be the only one. Uh, okay, Mike, uh, let's finish up our Q&A with you. Got, with you. Uh, f let's finalize with our last question. What was the, your most memorable iRacing moment? Uh, I think the, uh, the highlight has to be uh, 2010 when uh, iRacing uh, ran the Daytona 500. Uh, I don't know if that was the first or the second one they did, uh, but I actually won my split in that, and that was one where Back in the day, you know, arrow didn't affect your speed, and I got into a pretty nasty accident, like I think second lap, uh, but then ran in the back the whole rest of the time and worked my way up and ended up actually winning on the last lap. So that was pretty exciting. That's almost like uh, they say spin and win, right? <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, congratulations on that 500 win. Uh, that's certainly a big race to win. Yeah, I just kept thinking of Daryl Walter in the back of the my, you know back of my head, going, "I won the Daytona 500." Like it, I just didn't expect that. I figured I'd be you know coming in third or something, but the, you know just uh, last uh, pit stop uh, just happened to beat him out faster and ended up winning it. Nice, nice. All right, well, thanks for joining us here on the podcast. Uh, let's get into topics. Uh, Brad, what do you got first? Well, first we got the Peak and Freeze series. Um, Tomorrow night, Tuesday night, uh, is the final race. Uh, rolls off at 9 o'clock Eastern Time on iRacing.com Live. Ray Alfalif of uh, Slip Angle Motorsports is, uh, leads the championship by five points ahead of NX Racing Team PJ Sturgis. Uh, only one will win. And be awarded the $10,000. And I think they get a ring and trip to Homestead. And that's exciting. Only five points difference, which is just a couple of spots on track. I don't know exactly how the points work, but that's not much. And uh, in a final race, you know, it really comes down to two guys, one race. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's as close as it could get. And... I will be watching. I will tell you that. I will be watching. Yeah, me too. We've had both those guys on the, the podcast here recently, so I don't know who to pull for, but it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Yeah, I can't imagine racing and thinking if I win this race or I, if you don't have to win, but you know, if I if you're Ray and you're thinking, okay, I need to stay ahead of PJ. It, what kind of nerves does that bring up? I mean, we get nervous at the start of NIS races, which mean virtually nothing, to going to one that's worth ten grand, Right, and a trip to Florida. What right. do they both wreck? 
Oh my whoever god. Wins back, whoever gets the repair done. So where the are they running they're at? at? Are they at Homestead or? He yeah. Be. Okay. Oh, I'm back by the way. All right. So yeah, yeah I, this should be. Uh, yeah, if they both wreck, you know, still, you know, who's ahead of the next? You know. Well, the bottom line is they're both good drivers, and they're both really pretty good guys. So I'm with you. I, I'm not pulling for either, but I'm pulling for both. <laughs> But unfortunately, the point system, way that, the way that that's structured, uh, myself, I'm guessing as to how that's going to pan out. You know, I'm trying to figure out, you know, how many spots between each other they've got to be uh, to, for those five points, because the iRacing point system is different than the real-world NASCAR point system. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that means, is it five positions, or what is it? I don't know. But I mean, it's not so going to be much. <laughs> I mean, if the guy is running first and the other guy's running fifth, it's going to be pretty tight. But if the other guy's running twentieth, uh, he's probably got it. You know, right? Well, very good. So check that out. Season wrap up uh, tomorrow, and uh, I think they'll get a lot of people watching. It, it's certainly exciting with the points chase. So that's not the only ten grand uh, on the line here. Uh, we had Kyle. Tell, let's talk about the next topic. Well, next um, World Championship Grand Prix series finished out um, this past week. I did tune in and watch probably the last half of the race, and Martin Kroenke ended up holding out uh, over Gregor Hutu and won himself ten thousand dollars this week. So. Um, He's pretty emotional at the end of it. Can't blame him. I mean, just sit there and put all that hard work in just to get that ten grand. That's got to be something else. And to beat Hutu, who's like one of the best oh, ever, you know? Yeah, I think he's a. Don't call me. I think he's a four-time champ in this series, and and to beat him out is uh, quite astronomical, considering he's only the um, third driver, and I think it was seven years to uh, win the championship. Right. And he won it by quite a few points, actually. Uh, doing the math, it looks like 21-point difference uh, between yep. the two. So, if Yeah, I, I don't even correct. remember where... Well, Hutu finished second, I guess, but I don't recall seeing too much of him on the latter half of the, pro of the uh, broadcast. I think it was... Well, he ended up finishing nine seconds ahead, but there towards the end, he, he was up there around 15, 16 seconds ahead. I think he just kind of slowed it down and, and relaxed the last few laps there and brought it home. So he won the race, and he won the championship. So that's a yeah. great way to go out. I think he – I can't remember what they were saying in the broadcast, but he virtually needed to practically uh, – stay really right ahead of him because they were so close in points going in. Right. Yeah, I think it was like, I, I think I recall reading like uh, Hutu had to finish, you know, or I mean, Kroenke would have to be like 13th or worse, and then Hutu would have to win if it was to work out for Hutu. So, you know, he really needed Martin Kroenke to have a bad day, like get wrecked or something to really yeah, have a chance. That's what it was. It was 14th. It was 14th place. He had to finish better than 14th to uh, lock it up. 
So he just went out and won it and got it over with. That's the way to do it. Well, congratulations to Martin. Uh, it's been kind of fun to watch him uh, get this done throughout the year. And I love this this one stat, uh, average finish for Martin Cronkey, 1.8 over 16 starts with a Hutu had a 2.8. Sounds like real F1 to me. And they've honestly been that way practically all season. They were literally one position apart. Right. Yeah, it does sound like uh, Mercedes over in the F1 thing. Uh, right, that's Carlos? why I don't watch it because it's the same team every week. <laughs> well, what's Quick interesting driver. about iRacing, though, is they're all in the same car, they're, you know, so they yeah. all have equal opportunity there. Well, another thing to add to the subject, it was nice to see that they... um. A lot of drivers got on the forums, oval guys and road guys, both congratulating him. They've got a pretty good thread on there to uh, to congratulate him on his wins. So, again, congrats to uh, Martin. Cool. All right, let's get into uh, NASCAR iRacing Series. Who wants to tell us about your week? Oh, I, I can start off. All right. Wednesday night, uh... Pulled off a win. <laughs> wow. Congratulations. So uh So how many is one, that for the year? Um I think three this year. Nice. But I know Brad's not around, but thank him for the setup this spring that uh Carlos tweaked on a little bit and put up and thank Carlos for the setup. It was pretty solid for me. All race, no changes whatsoever. And dominate. I think it was hundred and eighteen laps led. So um the rest of the week didn't go as, as, as great. That was the open, the fixed. I think I got like a 12th or something was my best finish. Um, struggled in there. But um, overall, just got the win and then didn't run the open for the rest of the week. Ended up spotting for the rest of the team. And uh, did some um, streaming of uh, some teammates racing. Well, nice win for sure. Um, cool. Brad Miller, how'd you do? Uh, let's see here. Fixed. My best finish was seventh. Uh, and uh, in the open, I had a third. So I did pretty good with that. Third is pretty nice. That's almost like a win. Yeah. Carlos gave us a, a setup that was that was really good. I uh, had a lot of people losing the back end off of the turns and stuff like that. And, and our, our setup, once the tires, even after they got wore out pretty good, you could, you could still nail it off the turns and, and be able to power under somebody. Uh, very good setup. Wasn't the fastest, but it was, uh, over the long haul really came through. And I recall, most of the week, you were taking it real easy through the beginning of the race and just kind of letting it come to you, huh? Yeah. I, one race there, I started like 22nd, dropped to 26th, and by the time the first caution came out, I was like 12th, something like that. And Very, weren't even trying. It just yeah, know, yeah fall into it. The, the, worst, the worst problem we had is when it went, you know, I, I had one race that, that uh had a caution with like seven to go at that point all i could do is race my guts out to stay where i was at i didn't have anything to gain on anybody but i could hold them off 
Right. Well, certainly a good run for you at Charlotte. Uh, Lance Gentles, how did you do? Uh, it was uh, kind of a kind of a mediocre week for me. I wound up 12th Wednesday night or Thursday night in the uh, fixed. And then uh, Friday night, I finished 12th in the open. Not too bad. Not horrible, but. I just rode around in the back for most of the race and, and uh, saved tires. And in the end, I caught a few lucky cautions and uh, stayed out uh Ran out of fuel on the very last lap going into the dog leg and finished ninth out of the deal. Well, that's a good fuel mileage calculation then. Oh, yeah. Cut it real close, but it, it worked out for me. You know, one thing I noticed about Charlotte was after about 15 laps on a run, you could certainly tell who was saving tires and who wasn't because the guys in the back would be coming up through. And the guys who ran off their tires are heading backwards. And uh, did everyone else notice that? Unless you count the freaks that can run. That's beat every single lap and have no penalty to them. Yeah, that didn't count for me in the race that I ran Thursday. I was out front. I drove away. and I mean, I stayed out at one point in time, and I was pulling away from them on when they were on new tires. So I, I didn't have Fair. a problem with it myself. I did the same thing Wednesday night in my win. Nice. I just drove I drove it as hard as I could for about this first 10, 15 laps, put about a six-second um, gap on the field, and then I just paced myself for the rest of the run. Yeah, I yeah. guess I'm in a different split than you guys, uh, but I, I really saw some comers and goers. Yeah. Well, I saw there, that there in was, the pitch yeah. racing. Yeah. Well, when you, when, Go ahead. When you hang out in the back like I did, you definitely saw that. Um, you definitely saw the guys that were just hung their nuts out and ran as hard as they could. You know, they uh, they were definitely uh, falling back pretty quickly. Yeah, I was one of those guys. <laughs> yeah, you could tell where the drop-off was because you'd see a group of like eight cars up ahead of you, and they were like two seconds out. And over the next five to ten laps, you're still turning the same speed because – this new dashboard will let you see how what what kind of times you're running, and you would see that group of eight just get closer and closer and closer to you, and then next thing you know, you're around them. Then you get to my splits. That so, was what was I? I was in top right or something. One of them races. Which one was it? Was it Thursday night, Friday night open? Well, one of them too. Carlos, why don't you tell us about your runs for the week? I guess why not? Um, let's see. Where did I start? I think I did. I think I did a Wednesday night, didn't I? One of them open races, and don't know what happened, but I had a decent car. Just doing the old, I guess, Brad strategy of hanging out in the back and not even trying really, and get caught up in a wreck. Dang. Two of them people wrecked in front of me and slammed in the back of them, blew the engine. It got even more damage thrown on top of that from getting run into from behind. So that ended up like 22nd or something like that. I think I ran another open on Thursday. I ran no fix this week, just only open for me. Did the open on Thursday as well and uh, went a little better until I... Uh, well, did something stupid, I think. Just kept 
getting myself further and further back and caught up in another thing. So two races are wrecked, and the last one was a Friday night. And uh, finished 15th in a somewhat high SOF race. Which is, that's a good run in a high SOF. I'll take 15th having car number 30. I gained, and I was actually fast, but that's the problem. Everybody was in that split. We were pretty much from first to dead last. We're all running the same lap times. At least that's what I saw. The car's still running. We were all in the same average lap time bracket, too. So, you know, we were all running fairly equal. I couldn't catch nobody, but no one could catch me, you know? We were all running the same pace throughout the entire run. Get spread out and follow the leader, huh? Yeah, just me again. I don't know what I did to the setup, but it just kept randomly getting tighter on me like it did last Last time we were at this track, it just kept getting tighter, tighter, tighter. So I decided there's no point in saving tires because it's going to do this anyway. So I just ran as hard as possible and got a caution. Nice. And that would pretty much save my save myself and give me a good, uh, decent finish. Should have been a top 10, but 15th I'll take. Yeah, for top split, that's a good run for you. Especially with car number 30. Well, yeah, if I would have made the changes there that I made way towards the end of the race. If I would have done that on the first stop, because somebody told me not to make big swings, well, I, sh- I should have anyway. Because I got to really, uh, let's just say I kind of found out how them guys are so fast for so long, they run a real loose setup. Yeah, I think I, I told you, I think I told you not to make a big swing, because I did, and, and I, I actually wrecked because of it. Oh, yeah, it went to, like, uh, negative 1.25 on the right rear offset. So that's, like, five clicks. So, yeah. That's well, that's because swing. you learned from Wednesday when you went the wrong way. Yeah, yeah that that's what got me towards the back on Wednesday. <laughs> it was Thursday, I think, wasn't it? What, you uh, went up instead Wednesday. of down? Oh, yeah, I went the wrong way. He adjusted the left rear preset oh, no. I did the right both. way the r- but then the right rear he he did it the wrong way so he did he did he uh loosened it up on entry but he tightened it up on exit so see it was it good defeated in, it it was good in one run and then i just kept going up so wait a minute this doesn't have a negative on it so i went down on it and suddenly i was like half a second quicker after i went up or went down on it cool all right uh, go on Dave Smith, tell us about how you did. Well, the Wednesday night open was terrible. I, I ended up getting a black flag early and couldn't ever rebound from it. Uh, the Thursday afternoon open, I uh, ran really good, led most laps of the race, and uh, I ended up winning the race. Nice. So that, that yeah, that makes my my fifth win of the season, and. Uh, that helped extend my points lead out to uh, 304 points ahead of second place. And then I uh, ran fixed, the uh, Thursday night fixed, and finished second. Great run. Wow. So a win and a second. Yeah, another good week. So now you did the math, right? And you you got this thing locked up, right? I think so. I'm not 100% familiar with how the drop weeks work. but uh, unless something crazy happens in the in, in the drop weeks, then yeah, with 304 points, I mean, you figure I'm a race and a half, almost two races, uh, 
to the good, and then you've got the drop weeks. But I'm not 100% sure how all that works out, but I think I have a good enough points lead, depend, you know, regardless of what the drop weeks do. Uh, I should still have it pretty well. Yeah, especially hand. if you finish off the season running like you've been doing, you know, and getting some some finishes. Well, I've got 26 top fives, and that leads uh, everybody in the uh, top 25 in points. So, now, what division are you in? Division three. Okay. All right. Well, keep it up. It, it's looking pretty good for you. Oh. Yeah, we're going to Kansas, and uh, I did good there in the spring, so... Looking to keep that momentum going. The yeah, one thing I would like to talk about was the point differences between all these different splits. I so said the winner on that house split I was in the 15th place. He had three hundred over 300 points. Whoa. Wow. It's <laughs> a good race for that? me if I get 150. No, who was it that uh, wasn't second split and they, the winner in that one only got around 200? That was me. Yeah, and Let's see, my 15th, I got 158 points. For 15th? Just because you were in top split. I just luck, lucked my way into there as car 30. That's crazy, because my win Wednesday night only netted me 104. Yeah, that's crazy, 300 points. I don't. That's just unfathomable. <laughs> yeah, it's based off the of strength of field, too, so. I, I yeah. kind of wish it wasn't as drastic as that is. I, yeah. I wish it was a little bit tighter, those numbers. But well, it needs to just be locked tighter. in. Honestly, it needs to be locked in. No matter what split you're in, uh, or what division, it just needs to be locked in. It would make for some better points battles, because you got guys like in my division, I'm in Division 5, and my points leader, not going to put his name out there, but he sandbags every year. So what he'll do is during the off season, he'll drop his I rating as low as he can get it. So then when he starts, he started in division five. Well, now over the course of the year, he's up to like a 2,600 I rating. I'm still sitting down here around an 1800 right now. So he's running up there in them second and third split races, netting 150 points, something like that. Right. When the winner, when the winner of my race in like a 1700 SOF, or for example, Wednesday night it was a 1645 SOF, I netted 104 championship points on a win. And all he's got to do is place like 20th, and he gets that amount of points. Right. So, it, you don't even have a prayer. Yeah, I don't have a chance. I mean, I've been running second to him pretty much the entire season. Well, I don't know how you stop people from doing that kind of stuff, or they sandbag before the season start and whatever. Yep, they make all the points the same. Like, but there's well, one thing that you could do too, though. I mean, you sit there and say he's sandbagging. Well, anybody that knows me knows I like to race, and I don't care if it's in the trucks or the B car or the A fixed or A open. I'll go run it. Oh, and I during know. the off season, I lose my mind, and because I lose my I rating, but I just like to race. So if you looked at my stuff, you would say, "Well, Brad's sandbagging because he drops during the off season," and that's just because the NIS isn't running, and I don't get my race fix in. So he may be doing that, and then again, he may not. Yeah, 
I don't know. I, I guess the reason why I feel that way is he's got five wins, 20 top fives, three poles. He's led 800 laps, 767 incident points, and he's still got 2,800 championship points with like a 20. He's in the upper 2,000 I rating. You know, he's running up there with the rest of my teammates in the second and third splits every week, wrecking out, wrecking other drivers, and still pulling down 150 points to my 80, 90, 100 every week. Well, there's That's two ways that you can solve this problem. Either one, and I strongly encourage it, why not? If iRacing has this, this loophole here, then why not use it? I encourage everybody to just tank their iRating, uh, you know, going into to the season, and, you know, maybe iRacing will get the hint, oh, this ain't going to work. Now, here's the other solution, which actually makes a lot better sense, is they need to base your points earnings off of your i rating so if you go in with a, a 500 i rating you you gain x amount of points for that i rating you don't get depend it don't matter what sof you're in your points earnings are still locked in depending right. on your i rating so it takes you got to get this this fluctuation out of there in points you know if because when you're racing in a higher SOF race, a lot of times you're not even you're not going to be racing against the guys you are racing against in a division championship, and so they've got to get the fluctuation out of there so uh, everybody's on the same playing field, no matter or, what the SOF is, or at least lock in the points to your division, right? Yeah, right. I'd like to see some changes. You know, lots of good ideas there, but. But, you know, Kyle's right. I mean, it's not really fair to him. Even though he's having a great year, he's not going to have a chance at the first place because of this situation. Well, it's a loophole in the system. It's, for lack of a better term, broken. You know, because anybody can do it. You know, they they just lose, drop their I rating and at the beginning of the season. They get put in a, a low division, and then they just they go run away with it because – they get up in the high SOF races, and so they're gaining more points. They just walk away. That happened to me last year. Yeah, if everybody did it, then it would it would be equal, right? But, yeah, only a few people are doing that. Right, exactly. You know, that's also a double-edged sword, though, because, like, right now I'm in the 3306, and I have really, really, really tried to concentrate on getting that up and keeping it up, and... And I go up and down between 3,000 and 3,350, 3,400. But some afternoons when me and Carlos are racing and I make it into a top split because of a low number of guys, I, I, I really feel like I'm taking a knife to a gunfight because, like he said, you better be fast from the start and you better be able to stay fast from the start because if not, you're going to have your hind end handed to you. Actually, I think the big thing is mostly track position. What I'd like to see him do, honestly, is um, start the races by division. That's interesting. You yeah, wouldn't even really different. have to do that if you think about it. You could still use the same system they use now and use the I rating to put you in your split. All they honestly have to do is come out and say, look, you win a race, you get 100 points. You lead a lap, you get five points. 
you get the win, you get an extra five points or something, you know, kind of like what NASCAR does where they have a set point structure and each position's worth X amount of points. That way, every race, whether you're top split or bottom split, you get the same amount of points. I like that. And, you know, so, you know, Ray Alfala goes out and wins a top split race. He gets 100 points for the win. And Joe Schmo, who's in the bottom split, gets the same amount of points. It will keep the points battle so tight all year long, keep the excitement, probably keep people in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they they That's gotta look idea. into it and and fix it, and you know, we're getting to the end of the season, so that means they have from the end of November to uh, what the end of February to you know work on a fix and, and get something in the system for the next season. You know, got to make make these points battles more interesting. Just like really See, just a little bit. If you look at my point standings, I'm looking at the top 25 right now. Now, I've ran at least one race every week, so I've got 30 weeks counted with 55 starts. I'm in third with 2000 championship, 2005 championship points. 20th place has only made 11 weeks with 26 starts, and he's in 20th place in my division. It was only 11 weeks counted. That's less than half of the weeks counted, and he's still in the top 20. I mean, there's just not that much participation. You go to the very next guy in the line, he's done 23 weeks, and he's still lower. I mean, there's See, no I, reward for it. I still think I like my solution better, starting um, starting by division, not just uh, spreading the same points over the whole race. If you're fighting a guy for the championship, wouldn't it be nice, instead of having him in the race above or below you, wouldn't it be nice to actually see him out there on the track? Every time, yeah. That's nice, but the problem with that is uh, when you've got these um, races like uh, Bristol or the less popular um, times, uh, there's not that many people that, that show up. And so it may it make it difficult to get in the same race with only your division. Right. You'd right, have the like next time you get five or six race. division one guys, that would be horrible. Right, and the next time you get into a race, just take a look. I'm, if you're in division one, I can almost guarantee you that you're in the top split, obviously, and you're probably in a full split of division one drivers. It doesn't usually get mixed up until you start getting lower in the splits, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth split. Yeah, division or second and third split is probably a mix between division two and division three, but the I ratings are so close. So I understand where you're coming from there, but like he just said, you know, you might only have six guys. You know, Ray, like he just said, Ray Ophella himself said on the podcast about a month ago, he doesn't race Bristol because he doesn't like it. So, like he just said, you might not see that many guys showing up in a race for that division. Yeah. All right, let me tell you about my races. I had a great week uh, overall. Uh, Wednesday, uh, running top 10 all race, which usually I don't do. I was very happy about that. But around halfway, uh, I spun off two by myself. I had loosened that car up too much. It was tight. I did some air pressure. I did the right rear offset, and I just went too far with it and uh, wrecked myself out. So uh, Thursday... I ran 15th or so most of the race. Uh, last caution, I think it was six to go. I came down for tires while a lot of others stayed out. 
And boy, I had dug hard on that bottom and got up to P5. And uh, boy, that's like a win for me, a top five. Um, so I was really happy with that. Uh, something weird happened during this race. I wanted to, to take a minute and talk about that. About the middle of the race, we had three cautions in a row. And we couldn't figure out who was reckoned to cause these cautions. Uh, and apparently what happened was some guy blew his motor. He pulled it into the infield of Charlotte for some reason. And then he walked away from his computer. So what happened is every time we went green, it would immediately go back to caution. Like we'd get to turn two and it, yellow would come out. And we couldn't figure it out because nobody was wrecked. Everyone was talking. Okay, who wrecked? Nobody would speak up. So we noticed, actually Jose noticed, we could see this guy in the relative as we went by turn two every time. You know, you would look at your relative and you'd see the blue name and, and it would just scroll through the relative real quick. So Jose figured this out eventually uh, after the third caution. And, and so I, I called out over the radio the guy's name. I said, hey, dude, you know. And so he came back. He heard his name. And he walked back to his computer and he towed and that fixed the issue. So I don't know what the heck happened there, but he was behind the wall somewhere. But he was, you know, iRacing was thinking he was on track or something and throwing the yellow. It was weird. It was probably back there on the uh, the road course surface and iRacing still sees it as the, uh, the racing surface. Right. So I think one of the drivers said he's going to put it put it in as a bug to iRacing. I don't know if he actually did, but uh, that was a first. I never saw that before. Uh, Friday, I had another great uh, P11, another great run for me. Uh, Saturday, P4, which was my best finish of the week. Uh, there was a big junk. Uh, took out about half the field. Um, I led some laps actually for a bit. I was leading. But ran my tires off, and uh, and a few people got by. Ended up P four. That's awesome. when I spotted for you. Yep, yep, and uh, and that helps, boy. When you get somebody there, t- you know, telling you save tires, it really does help. You know, uh, Sunday. Basically, uh, I had a problem with the Brazilians. Uh, there were a couple of them in there, and you know, I'm not racist or anything, but those guys blink a little bit, and their cars moving around, and. And they're very aggressive, uh, the two at least I was racing. Um, I'm not going to name names, but uh, I got wrecked by those guys and uh, and blew my engine, so I finished 18th. So overall, it was a good week for me, and I gained a lot of I rating, uh, so I'm happy with it. Uh, Michael Kearns, did you run Charlotte at all? What? Uh, no, I didn't run. I was mostly uh, testing cars for the, the World Cup. Uh, I had a friend who ran, and I think he crashed halfway through or something like that. I don't I don't remember where he finished. A lot of people crashed, so. <laughs> that might have been him. All right, let's move on. Brad, what's next? Okay, iRacing uh, has a bonus credits. Uh, save some cash. Take advantage of this special offer before it runs out. You can use these credits to purchase cars, tracks, extend your membership, or purchase hosted sessions. Uh, Basically what it is, you spend $20, you get 25 credits, uh, $75, you get 100. Uh, On the iRacing News page, 
it tells you to enter the promo code of PR100 credit October uh, in your shopping cart and you will get this uh, special offer. It uh, is valid through the 19th of October. And so any of you guys going to take advantage of this? or? Yeah, the thing I usually wait for every year is the, the Black Friday uh, re-up. That's the only special I, I do. Now, remember, we talked about that in July. We weren't sure if they were going to do a Black Friday this year. Yeah, I did it last year and bought five years, so I'm good till 2020. So I don't really have a need for any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, if you got your no, renewal coming up, it makes people. sense to take advantage of this. Right. Yeah, I do the one in July. Yeah, I think I did as well in July and got set for a while. That's a good deal. I mean, if if you're if you, the only reason I did the one in July is is July is my re up thing. I mean, I really only redid it three days early. <laughs> Nice. All right, Kyle, what's you got, what do you got next? Well, next up, uh, iRacing's announced its inaugural iRacing 24-hour Le Mans, and it will take place October 29th at uh, 1,300 hours GMT. So um, put that on your calendar if you, if you want awesome. to run it. They put and, the um, start. Yep, and then also to add to that... Um, from all the complaining that's been going on, they decided it's going to be a one-start-only race. It will start at 1300 GMT on Saturday, October 29th, and they will extend the warm-up period for an hour, but that is your only chance to run it. Now, I so, really am happy that they decided to go with one instance of this race, because these last 24-hour races we saw, you'd see people get wrecked out of the first time, and then they would just go sign up for the next one. Right. We might have been guilty of that ourselves. Well, well you have to. Participation I mean, as well. To have it spread out over several events instead of it just being uh, one single event. It, it hurts the participation. Right. Get everybody on the one the one uh, start, right? Exactly. You, you treat it like, you know, it's treated in the, the real world. You know, you, you get one opportunity for a grand marquee event. You know, you you show up for it. I'd like them to. I, I'd like it them to continue this with all the twenty four hour races. Uh, I we agree. shouldn't have four different starts. I agree because you know, again, it will encourage people to show up because there's only one opportunity. So you you know you're going to get you know a lot more diverse racing fields by only having one one race. Yep. And uh Carlos, you're working on a schedule or you're getting ready to. Well, are you looking for drivers or Oh, I don't know. Who's all racing with us? Oh, I'm there. I I'm there. Hundred percent. Well I'll run it. I don't have the track yet, but I'll probably Yay. run with you. Yeah, same here. I'm gonna pick up the track. I'm pretty sure Jose would be in. What about you, Lance? Yeah, that's my birthday weekend. I will be out of town. Oh, no, you'll be there. <laughs> yes, sir. 
we'll figure that out. All right. So we got some time to figure that out. All right. So next up, uh, iRacing put out an article. Um, and I'm going to read a few, a few uh, items about it. So uh, here we go. Uh, so when it comes to modeling, it's virtual vehicles aerodynamic behavior. It's not as if iRacing can run to the nearest wind tunnel. Enter the company Total Sim, a world leader in computational fluid dynamics. The use of numerical analysis and algorithms to analyze the interaction of liquids and gases, air in the case of race cars, on the boundaries of hard surfaces. Having partnered with the Ohio-based engineering firm since 2011, iRacing recently renewed its agreement with Total Sim in order to enhance its use of computational fluid dynamics, or CFD, to obtain the most accurate aerodynamic numbers for use in the iRacing vehicle aero model. Uh, a quote is from Steve Reese, Total Sim definitely have the know-how in this fluid dynamics. When I was with Team Penske, we worked with Total Sim on our stock car program and enjoyed considerable success. Now, side note, Steve Reese, uh, I believe, is the new NASCAR engineer that, that iRacing, you know, hired to, to work on this kind of stuff. And interestingly, this is the same company that actual NASCAR teams use uh, for this kind of stuff. Perfect. Uh, yeah, Ray Lito, uh, who's the founder and of uh, Total Sim, and a former aerodynamicist and technical director at Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing, uh, he said, "Think of CFD as a virtual wind tunnel. It enables us to test the physical geometry of iRacing's cars in a virtual manner, one particularly relevant to sim racing." So I didn't even have any idea that. Uh, this was happening, uh, that they had this company doing these kind of things, but apparently it's been in place for several years. Uh, that's, that's good stuff right there. That's, uh, some, uh, good company to have when you're, when you're working with, you know, guys that have been in IndyCar and, and NASCAR, you know, to, uh, produce the best racing experience possible in iRacing. Yeah, right. And it kind of makes you think too, you know, when we have some of these troubles, when they roll out a new uh, tire model or change something and we throw our hands up and go, the world's coming to an end because it took five or six hours to do. Uh, behind the scenes, some of this stuff is way more extensive than we could have ever imagined. Yeah, I agree with you, Brad. You know, I am one of those guys that get extremely frustrated when iRacing goes down for a build and then it, it takes forever to work out those bugs. But at the end of the day, I am extremely thankful for everything that they have done for us this far. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's cool that we're getting real down for aero downforce. You know, if you're in a Gen 6 NASCAR car, we're experiencing the same aero push and the same aero slip angles and all that that the real NASCARs are. I mean, I mean this really is a simulation. The Camel GT really uh, shows how the aero works and everything. 
because that car is so aero sensitive. You can really tell the differences when you're behind a car. That's the one that looks like a big airplane wing that has sure. so much downforce. No, it's like the car is like 95% downforce. Low speed corners, you're miserable. Well, that's pretty cool uh, that that they're involved with this and th- that they had to actually go to a separate company to to have this virtual wind tunnel. Anyway, a pretty neat article. Hopefully, people have seen that. All right, Brad, what do you got next? Okay, it's the iRacing Bathurst 1000. Takes place next weekend, October 15th, 16th. Uh, an event based on real-world Bathurst 1000. Uh, the races with the Holden VF Commodore, the Ford Falcon Supercars for this 1,000-kilometer race at Mount Panorama Circuit. That's the one in Australia, isn't it? Yeah. So yes, how sir. long does that take to do 1,000 kilometers? Uh, it's a six-hour race. Six-hour race is what it comes out to be about. So this is a team event, right? So you're changing drivers? Correct. Correct. Minimum of two. Yeah, I've never raced at that track. It's the one that you start out down in the valley and race up the side of the mountain and back down the side of a mountain and you're back yep. in the valley. It's it intense. is a wonderful place. <laughs> yeah, I like so that track too. Sucks I want to be away for that day, but hey, I can probably do the Sunday at 10 a.m. Yeah, so they do have uh, multiple starts there, so. They do. There's three of them on Saturday and one of them on Sunday. It says practice and qualifying sessions will begin on Monday. That's pretty cool, I guess, if you're a road course guy. I, I don't think I'm good enough to not wreck uh, at that particular track um, over several laps, you know, so I'll probably not be running this. Any of you guys going to do it? Um, If me and Carlos can put something together, then I'll be there. Wait, what's the 1700 GMT? Is that 1 o'clock? Oh, I don't I know. Don't We'd have to Google it. it. <clears throat> yeah, no, the 1300's 9am. I said I could do the 14 on Sunday, but I don't know. I'm not sure about Saturday. Yeah, we'll look into it. We'll figure it out. Yep. Alright, cool. Uh, next up is... We had an article on nesnfuel.com, and um, it was it's an interview with Tony Gardner, basically about virtual reality. I'm going to read a couple excerpts from this article. Uh, Anybody who's tried sim racing knows the toughest thing about it is the lack of external stimuli. Unlike in a real life where you receive constant feedback literally from the seat of your pants, in a sim you have to rely solely on vision and force feedback from the steering wheel. With virtual reality, your vision isn't limited to a flat screen. Tony Gardner says, Field of view is so important for racing. With virtual reality, being able to look all the way to your left and and your right is so important when you're racing head-to-head with other cars. Good virtual reality feels real. You get a more real experience, and I definitely think that that helps sim racers go to the next level. As of now, iRacing estimates 5 to 10% of its members are using VR, but that number is expected to grow significantly significantly as the technology improves and costs come down. Well, the only one who knows that is Lance. 
So what do you think, Lance? Is is uh, Tony on saying the right thing here? Boo. Oh, I don't know. All right, we Please. lost Lance. Oh, I got it. I was pushing the wrong button. Um, <laughs> he's definitely right on the money. Um, virtual reality really adds a whole different aspect to to sim racing. Being able to sit there and look around your car, um, it, it, it's it's unreal. Um, you can get closer to the wall. You can get closer to other cars. Um, with with net code, that adds a little bit of a risk, but uh, it's... Um, it, it, it's it's amazing. If you haven't tried it and you don't have motion sickness issues, grab yourself a set. You can get a, a OSVR on Amazon right now for uh, I think five hundred bucks or four hundred bucks. Nice. I thought it was interesting that they are estimating uh, five to ten percent are already using VR. So I that's a higher number than I expected. Did you finally yeah. get used to it for ovals? Uh, it's, it's still a learning curve for me for ovals. It's definitely made me faster in road cars, but um, uh, I'm having to relearn how I drive uh, on the oval tracks. Well, I, I think the, the one of the other significant things in here is is how good it is, but as costs come down, uh, just put a boatload of money into three screens and stuff like that. And I guess now it's going to take a long time to save up another boatload of money to uh, get the VR. Yeah, you know, for anybody uh, considering triples, you certainly have to think twice about it now. You know, you want to go VR instead because it's probably even more affordable than going to triples. Yeah, the uh, the Oculus um, consumer headset now is 599 and um they've got the hdk2 for the osvr set which is made by razor it's up for 550 is that open source open or vr like yeah the open vr is the same uh software that uh, the vive uses um uh, and the vives the vive kit is 800 bucks When you go look at this stuff, does it does it give you an idea of what kind of system and video cards you need to have to be able to run this? You've got to have a pretty stout system. You've got to have a, a newer gen um, graphics card. If if you don't, you're really going to sacrifice a lot of the eye candy, which takes away from that realism that you get from the headset. Yeah, I think if you're going to buy into this, you really need to buy into, a, uh, like you said, a newer video card. I think like the one I run, which is a 7970, I'd have to turn a lot of stuff off, you know, to make it work. And uh, yeah, you you need to spend that extra money. I see NVIDIA tells you kind of on their one of the programs what you kind of need. And what I'm seeing here is something like a 970 minimum. Yeah, in order to get uh, decent frame rates, you're going to at least need a 900 series, oh, in yeah. my opinion, a 900 series graphics card. I've got a 980 Ti, and at some of the more graphically intense tracks, like you wouldn't think Dover's really graphically intense, but it is. And uh, I was getting some frame rate drag, and whenever you get that, you start getting um, real choppy uh, head movements. When you turn your head, the thing skips around, and that really gets disorienting. All right. 
Uh, Brad, final topic. All right. Ty Majeski wins 47th annual Oktoberfest and clinches his third consecutive ARCA Midwest Championship. Uh, this was run at Lacrosse Fairground Speedway. Not sure what state that's in, but uh, good job to him. Uh, we saw him race, uh, what was it, Charlotte or somewhere where he was just dead sideways there? Chicago, Not, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, quite cool. And it shows his car in Victory Lane, and right square on the hood is a big iRacing.com. Uh, uh, that was really cool. Yep. Congrats to him for winning the championship. And uh, I think he's done in ARCA now because he's with uh, Roush Fenway now. Yep, could be. So it's always nice to see iRacing.com in the winner's circle. Uh, I always like to promote that. Uh, kudos to iRacing for sponsoring him. And I hope... Th- like I had mentioned before, I, I kind of hope iRacing uh, continues on uh, sponsoring him as he moves up the NASCAR ranks. Yeah. It's a good opportunity. you got to remember, the team that signed him, Roush Fenway, the Fenway part is John, who's also the founder of iRacing. Okay, so there's definitely some tie, tie-ins there. So Tie-ins to tie? He's definitely earned it. Yeah, great job by Ty Majeski, and uh, congrats on the championship. All right, let's get into uh, final thoughts. Uh, Brad, why don't you start out? All right, well, let's see here. Saturday morning, I joined a fix NIS race. Um, I got wrecked by somebody. Uh, wreck wasn't my fault. I just got collected up. Came in, got my my car fixed. I came out on the track. I was mad, trying to uh, stay the first car one lap down, and had just pitted. Came up on a guy on old tires, and flat ran over him. And I don't got to know the guy's full name, but he races with us a lot. His name's Wolfgang something or another. The Wildenauer. Oh, the German. Yeah. Yeah, I apologize to him profusely because I, I I don't think I normally hardly ever start wrecks, but I flat ran over him, and uh, even though I don't remember your full name, sincere apologies. All right. Yeah, you don't usually start stuff, so. Uh... All right, Kyle, Sounds like thoughts. he can finish it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hoping to take the momentum to Kansas this week that I gained at Charlotte and uh, let's everybody get, get in this World Cup event here and, and see what kind of participation we can get. I think it can be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Lance Gentles, final thoughts? Buy yourself a VR headset or die. There you go. <laughs> All right, Dave Smith, what do you got? Oh, looking forward to uh, to going to Kansas, and uh, like to go get another win because it feels so good to win, and uh, just uh, continue uh, buffering my points lead, and uh, just can't wait to finish out the season. It's been a a long, hard grind, and 
I enjoy it, but uh, I'm looking forward to some downtime, to be honest. Just going and having some fun and some some pickup racing. It's a grind. When you commit to the NIS series, it's 36 weeks, man. That is a yeah. long time. What do you think you don't, fixed? And if you don't have a good run and you've got to race more than one night a week, you know, that adds up. Especially the full-length races, right? Yeah. Oh, man. I, I, I love the full-length races. Next week. I mean... What? Delity? Yeah. Oh, Tally's no. uh, full-length? No, no, no. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, Talladega's a, a full-length race, all 188 laps. Uh, I, I don't mind the full-length races, honestly. It it gives you a little bit better opportunity for uh, for pit strategy and, and what have you. Um, some of them are painful, like Bristol or Martinsville. You know, where it's uh, close quarters racing, but I like the idea of the season being being full-length races. All right. Uh, Carlos, final thoughts? Do I usually have final thoughts? No. no absolutely know. not. Let's just say I like Charlotte the weekend. I mean, the the race itself is just, they have been good for me. I just had bad finishes, except, except for that one. But that's really it. Just another mile and a half, which I do somewhat decent on, and have to work on a setup. And I don't know what high racing's doing if we're gonna run a night or day. It says night, but it should be a day race. There's, we've had this confusion on previous weeks, haven't we? Yep, it was a uh, was it Richmond? Sh- Chicago land, wasn't it? No, it was Richmond. Richmond was supposed to yeah. be a night race, and it. Ended up being a day race. This is pretty simple stuff. How does iRacing screw this up? I don't know. Um, We're going to have to get our booking agent uh, on that and get somebody on from iRacing. Yes, dear. All I can see is if uh, it stays night, we're in good shape setup-wise. All right. And... uh, Michael Kearns, thanks for joining us uh, here on the podcast as a special guest and uh, telling us about the New York Club and, and specifically the, the World Cup coming up. What are your final thoughts? I'm just really excited about getting this World Cup uh, start and going. It's been uh, you know about six months or so of planning and trying to get all my ducks in a row, and now it's actually time to execute. So really excited about that, uh, that going, and uh, just uh, thanks for uh, having me on. Absolutely. You're welcome anytime. Uh, my final thoughts, uh, same as last week, uh, Team Tifosi is currently recruiting drivers, but we are picky. But if you think you got what it takes and will fit in with our crowd, then feel free to speak up and talk to one of us, and we'll entertain the idea. Uh, we we want to staff up a little bit uh, as we go through this off season in, in preparation for 2017. So um, we did lose a few people over the season. Uh, from the team, and, and we're looking for a, a couple others to uh, fill out the ranks. So uh, let us know. And uh, also, don't don't be afraid to interact with us. We'd love to have uh, listener feedback. You can hit us up on Twitter and Facebook at iRacers Lounge anytime. So with that, we'll see you. See ya. Take care.
Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us at our YouTube channel at iRacers Lounge. Follow on Twitter and Facebook at iRacers Lounge and SoundCloud at iRacers Lounge. See you on the track. Thank you.